0: Sunday of Advent, and if you're unfamiliar with that word, maybe it sounds like old church, but the word Advent simply means that Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago to dwell among us, but it also means that Jesus Christ dwells with us now through the power of the Holy Spirit, and finally, that Jesus Christ will one day return to bring a new heaven and a new earth. And so we look towards Christmas these next four weeks with anticipation and delight, knowing that that God is present with us, that Jesus Christ is the answer for the brokenness of humanity, and he brings that answer to each of us. And this first week of Advent, we celebrate hope, the hope of Jesus Christ. And as we look to him towards hope, we're reminded of the prophets of the Old Testament The prophets who wrote in the midst of times where the Israelites were experiencing famine and destruction, where the people of Israel drifted away from the Lord, where God said that there would be judgment for their drifting away from him, but he also reminded him through the prophets, look, yes, there's going to be hard times, but there's hope that's coming, hope of Jesus Christ, that through my son Jesus, that one day people will be freed from the the bondage of sin and death. And we can celebrate that today. I want to guide us in a few moments of prayer this morning specifically on the theme of hope. And if you're finding for your life this morning, in this season, as we kind of look towards Christ and Christmas, that you're struggling with the idea of hope. Maybe there's something that you're experiencing in your personal life, a lack of provision, health issues, whatever it is, or maybe you're experiencing that in a in a loved one's life or a friend's life. But if you're needing hope this morning, I want to invite you to take a seat today. And there's going to be people who are going to gather alongside of you. They're going to lay their hands on you. We're going to pray together and just invite the hope of Jesus to meet us as we celebrate this first week. So let's pray together. God, we thank you for the hope of Jesus Christ. God, we look to you this morning and we're reminded, Lord, that even in our places of brokenness, in the places, God, where we fall short, that when we look to Jesus, we are reminded of the hope that Jesus Christ brings to us. And so, God, for all of those who are looking for hope this season, God, we pray that your spirit would continue to move, that you would remind us of the love that you have for us as as your kids, God, and that you do bring hope to our dark places, our places of questioning and doubt and sadness and grief. God, we not only pray for ourselves this morning, but remind, we're reminded of the work that you're doing through Love, Inc. and in Muskegon, God, through the Christmas store, and we just pray that that ministry would be an opportunity, God, for families who are needing more in this season to just realize that there are people who care, that there are people who want to extend the hands and feet of Jesus, that that's our missional charge, to reach people with the love of Jesus Christ. And so, God, we pray that you would continue to bless their ministry throughout this month. And, Lord, we also, we just pray for the Reynolds serving overseas, and we just ask for them, God, as they continue, Lord, to serve. God, that you would be present in their circumstances and situation, Lord, that you would continue to advance the gospel through what you're doing in both of them. God, thank you so much for how you are continuing to just share your love with us, we pray, God, may we be faithful, Lord, to respond as your spirit leads. God, in what we do today in this service, we pray, would you have your way? Holy Spirit, we want to lean into you today. We pray over the music, the worship, the prayers, the message, every part of today, God, may it glorify your name. We pray all of this in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus, and we all said together, Amen. We're going to continue our worship this morning. I want to invite you to continue standing as we worship together. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and tried. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Christ the Lord. You are moving. hearts, we look to you today. May we be reminded, God, of how deeply you love us. God, that you look at each of us and you don't call us strangers. You call us sons and you call us daughters. May we rest in that truth today and may we continue to look to your son, Jesus Christ. We pray in everything we do in his name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. Church, if you're in the room with us, feel free to grab a seat. Well, I want to welcome you again
1: on this Thanksgiving weekend. you guys get enough to eat? Yeah. All right. It was fun to see so many uh, faces coming in this morning, and I know we have guests with us here today. It could be family, friends, people that you invited, and we just want to say thank you for joining us. We have a gift for you today, and unique Day today. We have, a, a, I don't know what we call it, it's just Explore All Shores. So we have a, a room out here in the lobby to my left when you leave that uh, just take a few minutes. We've got some gifts in there and some uh, information about All Shores. Would love to just talk with you about who we are, a little bit about what we're doing in the world. And uh, and so just take the time to do that. You can also fill out a connection card there on the seat backs to each chair. And uh, if you have a prayer request, if you have a comment, if you have uh, a group you want to sign up for, someone stopped me today out in the lobby and said, hey, we've got some people in our family that want to get baptized, fill that card out and, uh, and we will get back to you uh, on that. So there's a connection point in the lobby, just drop that card off there in the basket and we'll follow up this week on that. And also, because it's Thanksgiving weekend, um, as we go into our time of offering, I just want to say thank you as the Global Outreach Pastor uh, for all that you are doing, not only giving to the general giving, but also faithfully giving to our missionaries. This morning we had uh, uh, the Steinharts with us at the 9 o'clock service, and uh, they've just spent the last three months in, in Europe, and, uh, and they're doing fantastic, but all the stories of what God is doing around the world, and that those stories, the ministry that's going on, what is happening around the world is because of your prayers and your, your gifts. And so I just want to say thank you for that. So you can give and you can designate to general or global or benevolence needs, which meets needs locally. Uh, you can do that online. Uh, you can do that. There's a QR code to do that. We have boxes uh, at every entrance uh, that you can drop, drop your offering in there. And uh, just would encourage you to continue to do that. So thank you for that. Uh, We do not only have uh, Explore All Shores, but we've got some events coming up for Advent and our Christmas Eve services and all of that. So take a look at the screens for our announcements. (laughs) Well thank you again for joining us here and uh, for those of you who are joining us online I know we have a growing number of individuals who are doing that and many of you are traveling with family and friends so thank you for taking the time to join us today This is our first Sunday of Advent It's kind of interesting Those of you who are part of uh, the church world you may go Hey, uh, are we off a little bit on this first Sunday of Advent? Yeah, maybe a little bit because at All Shores we kind of do our own thing So... Uh, Next week would be the official around the world first Sunday of Advent. We're starting today. So we're excited about that. But we're going to be spending time in Isaiah, which many of the prophecies concerning Christ and his arrival, which is what the word Advent means, uh, come out of Isaiah. You see the quotes in in the New Testament, many of those quotes about the coming Messiah and the one who is to be born come out of Isaiah. The prophecy in Isaiah. And so we're going to be spending some time in the book of Isaiah. But uh, before we get into the text today, we just want to pray and ask God to meet us here. And if there's something that he wants to speak to us about, that we would be ready to hear it from him. So why don't we pause and pray? grass withers and flower fades, but your word endures forever. And so, Lord, as we open up your word that was inspired and given to us by your Holy Spirit, we just trust that that same spirit will make these words come alive for us today. That, Lord, if there's anything that's of me, that it would fall to the ground and be forgotten, but whatever you have for us today, that it would stick, that, it would, uh, that we would hear from you and that we would be changed by your word. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, uh, around our house, um, the rule is no decorating until after Thanksgiving. Is that uh, some of you get started earlier, which is against the biblical law? But anyway, um, it's not true. Uh, Some of you have been listening to Christmas songs for a month or more. Uh, getting ready for the holidays, um, but as we were decorating, we were talking about having the grandkids over to do some decorating and uh, putting up the tree and all that. And it just I was reminded uh, of those early Christmas when my children were little, and, uh, and I would always have this picture of what it was going to be like. It was a Thomas Kincaid picture in my mind of my children opening up gifts. Thank you, Father that it was going to be a, a good morning and, 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 you know, it was, it was peaceful. And, um, yeah, that, that was rarely the, the reality because they would argue about who got to open up their gifts and then the conversations or the fighting would begin or the arguing, who, who's going to watch what on TV, who gets to play the Xbox first, who gets to use the good sled, when can we go outside, and then I start to get a tick, you know. <laughs> Because the reality was never the same of this picture that I had in my mind of what it should be, right? And you guys know what that's like. Maybe you had this picture image of what Thanksgiving was going to be like, you and your family, right? It was all going to go smoothly, and maybe it did for you. So congratulations, God moved. But, you know, in in our family, uh, the grandkids were sick. One of the grandkids was sick. You know, they couldn't come over, and so there was other things that were going on. Maybe people who were traveling, they didn't get to spend time with you. Maybe the individuals that you had over at your house, you had this picture in your mind that you were going to sit and you were going to watch some football games, and then Aunt Mary started telling you all about her gout and the mole on her back. And you didn't get a chance to watch the game. And that wasn't what you were longing for. And it's not what you wanted to hear today. Because the picture image that you had was something different than the reality in which you were living. And we get that, don't we? Oftentimes, we're in a place where we're like, man, I just wish this could change. Or I wish this could happen. And that was true for the people of God in Jerusalem in the late 8th century B.C., You see, there was two kingdoms at this point in time. There was the northern kingdom of Israel and there was the southern kingdom of Judah. Israel had ten tribes. Judah had two. And the city of Jerusalem was in Judah, was in that southern kingdom. But the northern kingdom had been destroyed. The Assyrian army had come in and had destroyed the ten tribes to the north. It was because of their disobedience. It was because they had given up on what they believed about who God was. They, they forgot to walk in his ways. And now the Assyrians were confronting that southern kingdom. They were, at times, at the gates of Jerusalem. And it's in that season, in that period, that a prophet is raised up. His name's Isaiah. Isaiah. And Isaiah begins to prophesy about not only what is going to happen to Judah, but the promise of what God wanted to do out there. That their present reality wasn't looking very good, but God had something in mind that they were going to experience, that they could hope for. And so as we get into the text today in Isaiah chapter 2, I just wanted to give you a picture image of what was taking place in Jerusalem in these days. Because Isaiah begins his prophecy in chapter two, and there's more prophecies in Isaiah, but he says this is what Isaiah son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. That's that southern kingdom and the people who are living in Jerusalem. The word saw is, is more than just a painting or a picture. The word is haza in Hebrew, and it means to break through, that all of a sudden there was something that God wanted to show them. He wanted them to get it, I like that word. And so uh, Isaiah says to the people, listen, God is breaking through. There is something that he wants us to see. And so in verse 2, he says this. This is the vision in which he sees. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains, and it will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Now, this, this phrase, in the last days, as a, as a Christian, as a follower, and knowing the New Testament, our mind immediately goes, right, to the end of times, to this apocalyptic vision. But that wouldn't have been true for Isaiah at the time. Now, there may be a partial fulfillment of this when God is gonna come, his second arrival, his second advent, and he's gonna make all things new. And so there's a little bit of that out there. But for Isaiah, he's talking to the people in Jerusalem, and he's saying, look, guys, in the days ahead, coming up. This is something that God wants to do. He wants to establish his temple as the highest of the mountains and be exalted above the hills. And if you've ever been to Jerusalem, and I have not, some of you have, you will know that the temple is not on the highest mountain. And so scholars debate as to what what was Isaiah's meaning here. Does it mean that God is going to kind of level out the mountains around Jerusalem until it's the only thing that's left standing, or is there another meaning behind this? You see, in Isaiah's day, and even in our day today, oftentimes temples are lifted up in communities, right? Uh, Places of worship, and that was true uh, for the gods around uh, Judah. That whenever you worship something, you would put it up high so people could see it, because not only was it to be seen, it was a center of authority in the community. Whatever God you worship had the authority over the people. And it's true around the world today. I I visited Kathmandu a couple of times and and there is a temple, a Hindu temple that's up on this mountain, was built 1,500 years before Jesus. And and you can see it from around the city. It's raised up. When you travel in the... uh, different areas around the world. You might see mosques, and they have minarets, right, that that tower up, the little towers from the mosque. So you can see it from a distance. And in our own Christian church, we have steeples, don't we? We see churches that are put in the middle of a community, and the steeple goes up so people can see. That is the center of the authority in the community, or should be. And many scholars believe that what Isaiah is seeing because it's consistent with other passages of Scripture, is that in the last days, in the days coming ahead, God is going to do something where he is going to make his name, his temple, his worship, the only true worship. That he is the one true God above all other gods, right? We know as believers that when Jesus came, the first advent, is that the angels sang and the people talked of him being the one who was to come. He would be the king of kings. He would be the Lord of lords. He would be lifted up. In Isaiah 45, and Romans actually quotes it, that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And so this vision is that one day around the world, That God will set himself up, that Jesus will be the one who is the one true God, that everyone will know that he is God and he will be exalted. And not just for those who are Jews, but he uses this phrase, all nations, and literally it means non-Jews, it's Gentiles, it's people who don't belong to the Hebrew nation, the chosen people of God, and we'll come back to that. Because he continues to talk about all these nations, these foreigners, who are streaming into Jerusalem. And the word stream literally means river. As a matter of fact, Eugene Peterson, in his translation of the message, he says, and the people will river into Jerusalem. I love that picture, that phrase. And so they're coming into Jerusalem, and what are they doing? Well, these people of other nations, these Gentiles, will come and say, come, Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. And the law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. It's this picture of the the individuals who are coming in from all the nations, and they're inviting others hey, you guys should come. Come find the God of Jacob. And this is unique to, uh, to Isaiah. He uses this phrase more than 40 times in his book. And it could be that he doesn't say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and other phrases because Jacob himself was sent into exile where he met God and then returned to his people, a changed man. And it could be that he is the example for Israel, for Judah, that one day the people of God may, will be exiled but they will encounter God and return. But these nations, these people who are rivering into the city, they are inviting others and say, let's, let's go to the temple. And why are they going to the temple? Is it for the traditional sacrifices? Is it atonement? Are they burning grain? Um, are they, do they have incense that's going up before the Lord? Is it a festival that's happening or a feast of tradition? no. It's so they may learn or be taught the ways of God. I love this. The nations, the Gentiles, are coming to seek God's wisdom. The word teach is Yara. It means to send out the hand. If you've ever been in a classroom, that's what teachers do, right? They send out the hand. Well, this is the answer. This is, right? This is where you need to go. This is what you need to do. It's. You know, I've had teachers that oftentimes did this to me, but it's ascending out the hand. And so Isaiah says that nations will come and they will seek God's wisdom. They will learn from him. And what will they learn? So they can be more intelligent? So they can argue for the, for the case of God? So that they can tell other people that they're wrong? No. It's so that their lives may look different so that they may live differently, that they might walk in his paths. I imagine for us, as we look back at that first advent, we see Jesus coming who is teaching about God and his disciples are walking in his steps. And it's not so that they can argue. It's not so that they can tell other people they're wrong. It's so they can learn from Jesus who God is, to hear his wisdom, and to walk in his paths, to be more like him. And there's fulfillment in this in that first advent. And then it says the law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And you have this, uh, this word Torah, which we refer to the first five books of the Bible, but it would be the customs and manners of God. And so the ways of God will go out from Jerusalem. And you you have this picture, if you will, of these nations coming into Jerusalem. They are coming before the presence of God. And what they are learning is how to live the way God wants them to live. And then they are taking that out into the world. And man, I couldn't help but having this picture of Pentecost, where Jesus has come. He has taught his disciples. He has now died died and ascended from the dead. He's ascended into heaven, and he sends his Holy Spirit. And it tells us in Acts chapter 2 that all these nations are gathered in Jerusalem at the temple, and the Holy Spirit comes and fills them. They accept Christ, and they go out into the world. They go out to spread this news. They go out to live differently. And this is a beautiful picture of what God was wanting to do and has done, really, in our world. And he continues, God will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. And they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. And nation will not take up sword against nation nor will they even train for war anymore. There won't there won't even be any need for training. Sometimes there's peace that is happening and it's only because you have two parties that have enough weapons that no one wants to start. And Isaiah says now there's coming a day when you won't even need any weapons. This idea that God would judge between nations and settle disputes. I I just sometimes it's hard for me to picture people who are seeking out the wisdom of God instead of the wisdom of a committee or their boss or other people or through social media or through government or through legal means. The people simply, whenever they want to know, well, what do I do now? What am I doing with my life? Where where am I investing my time and my money? What they are seeking the Lord first. They are asking God to give them direction and not people in this world. And this idea of beating their swords into the plowshares, it's not just taking a sword and turning it upside down to till the soil. The word beat means to pulverize. It's this picture that there will be no more need for weapons because those weapons will be turned into tools of cultivation, which brings life. It brings peace. It brings life. It brings wholeness. And This is the utopia. This is the picture that Isaiah is painting for us. But I do wonder how the Jews saw this, what, what they thought of all of this. Because for a Jew, hearing of what God was going to do in their community and right there in Jerusalem, that all these Gentiles would come in, that they would discover who God is, that they would go out, that they would live out this truth before others. And here they are, the chosen people of God. And they have an army at their gate. They have people who are oppressing them and threatening them. I don't know if that's if you've ever felt that where somebody else experiences something that you are longing for. Oh, they get to do that. I wanted to do that. They get to experience this. I wanted to experience that. There's a there's a jealousy that is created, an envy that is created. And even the commentator scholars call this this image here would have created a Jewish jealousy of why is it that the other nations get to experience all this. And we're not experiencing this right now. There's a gap there. And you know, this is probably true for us personally as well as corporately when it comes to our spirituality, that someone, someone's prayers are answered, but yours aren't yet. Someone else says, oh, I experienced this in, in worship, in God's presence. And you... You don't get that. Someone says, oh, God spoke to me this week or God gave me this direction or, and, you're, and you don't know what that means yet. It creates this tension of, am I missing something? Am I getting? It? And it could be that God has that for you and it's not the timing. It is something that you are longing for. Don't give up on that. Israel was longing for this image to take place even though it wasn't their present reality. But what I love is that Isaiah, oh, I gotta show you this. There's a ministry called Raw Tools. It's a Christian ministry. And they go around the country to urban settings and they take uh, guns from off the streets. People come and they'll donate guns and they bring this pit or this fire and they melt them down and they turn weapons into tools and artwork to celebrate, to to cultivate, they're, they're literally taking this passage literally and turning these weapons into tools of cultivation. I love this. But this jealousy ends with Isaiah in verse five. Isaiah says, okay, let's stop talking about the Gentiles now. And he says to the Jews in Jerusalem, would you come, descendants of Jacob, would you come? and walk in the light? Would you, you know that the picture is of people coming into Jerusalem, going to the temple where the presence of God is, and leaving changed and walking differently. You can do that right now. You don't have to wait for God to move down the road. You can begin to live out your longing right now you can begin to enter into the temple, to seek God's teaching, to to learn from him, to to discover peace in your own lives and to live that out in your community. What would change if you did that now? And so he stops talking to the Gentiles in this picture and he says to the people of God, listen, it isn't about just the future, it's about what you're doing right now. Come, come, come. Walk in the light. You don't have to wait. It's right now. And, church, isn't that true for us? Where is the presence of God? Is, Is it in a temple somewhere in Jerusalem? No. Jesus came, died, rose again, and ascended into heaven and gave us the Holy Spirit, God's presence. That dwells in us, that no matter where we are, driving down the road, at work, at school, in the marketplace, at home, that we can enter in and spend time with God and to sit and abide in His presence. We could do that right now. And what is the truth? The one true God. It is Jesus Christ, He is the fulfillment of the law. He can teach us how to live the way that God wants us to live, to walk in his paths, to to stay in step with Jesus. And what is it that he's teaching? He's teaching peace. Even in the midst of conflict, Jesus is teaching us to live differently. On the night that Jesus was arrested, Peter grabbed a sword and cut off the high priest's servant. And Jesus reaches down, he takes the ear, and he puts it back on. He says, Ah, Peter, this is not the way. He submits to the Father, but he lives differently in the midst of that conflict. You and I can do that now. We don't have to wait. We can begin to walk in the light as Jesus is the light and shows us the way. We don't, if you are waiting around, let's be honest. There are nations surrounding Israel today, if you want to take this literally. Things are not good. War is at their steps yet again. And there is conflict. But Isaiah's message isn't about what is happening in a city. It's what's happening in here. It's that God wants us to begin even now to walk in the light. That's the call that 's the challenge, and you can do that even now. I think what Isaiah is trying to tell us is this: Your longing should change your living, that what you picture, what you hope happens, you can begin to live into today, and you know that this is true in your daily life because if if you want to buy a house, chances are each week you're putting money aside to save for that. You are changing how you live in order to achieve or order to see that future take place. You want to become an athlete or you want to lose weight. I imagined you are changing how you are living in order to get there. If you don't eat right and you never go to the gym, I, I can guarantee you, you won't become that athlete. And church, sometimes I wonder if that's why we're sitting around and we're waiting for God to show up and to change everything for us or for some government to to do something that changes our world for us or some leader to stand up and change. And God's saying, listen, it starts with you. I am calling you to walk in the light. If you want to see God move in our world, (laughs) he's inviting you to begin in your world. You want to see your family come to Christ? Are you praying for them each day? Do you share that love of Christ with them? You want to see reconciliation in in your family or in the workplace? Are you the peacemaker? Are you coming into the situation with brokenness and forgiveness? Yeah, you might be right, but is that how you're entering in? You want to see peace? Are you bringing that into the situation? What is it that you are longing for, and how are you changing how you're living in order to live into that? I think that is Isaiah's call to us. I think that is his challenge. And so a church, what do we what do? We do? We, I think we look to the first advent. That's in the past. Jesus has come. And here's the good news. Isaiah didn't have that first advent. We do. As a church, as followers of Jesus Christ, we get to celebrate the first advent. We're on the other side of that. Jesus came to bring about our salvation. He died for our sins. You are made new in Christ. You are given the Holy Spirit. We look back at the first Advent. We get to celebrate. No, our world isn't perfect right now. And your world is probably not perfect right now. But we get to look back and celebrate what it is that God has done through Jesus Christ. And so we sing the Christmas songs. We, we read the Gospels. We celebrate those prophecies. We spend time in this season of Advent to look back. But in the present, we begin to love God's presence. That each and every day, not just on Sundays, we, we river into his presence. What are you doing to river into his presence and to seek him out, to spend time in his word? You can learn to love to do that even now during this holiday season. And then finally, we long for his ultimate arrival. Jesus is coming back. He's going to set things right. That every knee will bow and every tongue will confess he is Lord. But what are you doing to live that out today? Do people know the difference that God has made in your life? Your longing for what God is going to do in the world should change your living what you do each and every day. I don't know what that next step is for you. I don't know if there are issues that you are facing at work or in family or reconciliation or brokenness. And so here's what I want to do I'm going to take like 30, 30 seconds and we're just going to sit in silence. And I'm inviting you, <laughs> because you can do this anytime, but I'm inviting you to river into his presence ask God to meet you even now and maybe God has something for you where he just simply says this is what I want you to change this is what I want you to do in response to the picture he's giving you of what needs to change in your world what is it that he wants you to respond and how can you do that I hope, I'm not guaranteeing I hope that God speaks to us I know he wants to but This is something you can practice each and every day. It's part of Isaiah's vision that God would become the judge and help us to discern what those next steps are. And he can do that even now. So let's just pause in a moment of silence and then I'll close this out in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your presence that is with us that we don't get to long for that but we can experience it even now Lord if there are those who are here who don't have a relationship with you scriptures say that we are without God and without hope and the answer is to know Jesus Christ and I just pray that they would seek out a relationship with Jesus and come to know him as their savior To know the hope that we have as followers of Christ. And Lord, whatever it is that you've asked each of us to do to take that next step, whether we are becoming peacemakers or whether we are learning to uh, abide with you more, whatever those next steps are, Lord, I pray that you would just affirm those in our lives, that throughout this week we would be reminded by your Spirit of those next steps, and that we would learn even in the present to be people who come daily and walk in the light. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Amen. When you guys came in today, uh, you received a, a cup. There's two layers to that. We're gonna take communion together. The top layer when you peel back is the bread. The second layer is the juice. But well, we close with this because it's a response to the word. Whatever it is that God was communicating to you, you simply want to take communion to remember what Jesus has done. But oftentimes I just respond this way to say yes to God. Whatever he's asking you to do, as you take communion, as you remember what he's done, you just simply say yes. God, I want to follow you. I want to be a part of this journey. And so you don't have to be a part of our church or a part of the Wesleyan Church or you might be visiting today, but if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we invite you to partake today. And if for the very first time you want to invite Christ into your life, we, we encourage you to partake together and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and enter in and to make you new, to make you his child. So we're going to worship together and then we're going to partake together. So why don't you stand as we worship?
2: Present is enough and I feel the shaking I will stand my ground
1: As you take the cup, go back that first layer, you'll take the bread. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered his disciples. He took the bread which was unleavened, representing without sin. He broke it, gave thanks, and said, "This is my body given for you. Take and eat at the remembrance." And then taking the cup, said this is the blood of a new covenant. The Passover that they were celebrating was the blood of a lamb that was put over the doorpost so that the angel of death would pass over God's people. That if there was any sin that they had committed, it would be passed over. That God would not see that. Jesus says to his disciples, this is my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins and the sins of the whole world that when God sees you, he doesn't see your past or your mistakes, he sees Christ in you because his blood has washed away your sin. So let us celebrate and take and remember his faith. Father God, we pray your blessing over these elements to our bodies and our time here in worship as we commit to walking in the light as you are in the light. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue to worship.
2: When the rain fell, when the floods came, when the wind blew, I was okay, you were right there, you are in every step I take. When the night falls, when my heart is, if I stumble, I will not break, you'll be right there.
1: Before you go, just want to remind you if you're if you've been new with us for a little while, we have Explore All Shores just out these doors to the left. Uh, if if you had time to fill out a connection card uh, and didn't want to do that, we encourage you to do that. But we've got a gift for those of you who are visiting at our connection point that's out there. So unless you need coffee or hot chocolate, everything is to the left today. Can you get that? All right. Uh, I want to leave you with a blessing that I came across this week, and I think fits. So if you'll hold out your hands, let me give this blessing. Go now and walk in the light of the Lord. Stay alert, for the Lord is near. Put on the armor of light and live openly and honorably. Pray for peace for all of God's people. And may God clothe you in the light of Christ. May Christ teach you his ways. And may the Holy Spirit keep you alert and prepared for the coming of the Lord. We go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all of God's people said, Go Blue. All right, have a good week.